it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello there. Welcome to this episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for your company. A few months ago, we repeated an earlier episode of New Horizons where we spoke to Park Nocton from Ireland. We spoke about the differences between blindness services and blindness organisations between Australia and Ireland. We do something very similar this week. Graham Innes speaks with Sarah Bolton, who has significant experience with Australia and Canada. You were born in Australia, but grew up in Canada. Tell us how that played out. Hi, well, thank you for uh, having me today. Yes, I was born in uh, Brisbane in a suburb called Sunnybank. My mom's Australian from Sydney. My dad's Canadian. And at the age of two, we moved back to Canada, where I was raised in Calgary. And Calgary is where in Canada? And and just give us a bit of a picture of, of what it's like. Sure. So Calgary is in the province of Alberta Mm -hmm. and Alberta is a really unique province in that we have the prairies and we have the mountains. So we have some really interesting um, landscapes. We have some interesting history. Um, Apparently some of my family um, came up from the United States when they settled there, which is where our our little clan came from uh, back Mm -hmm. in time. And it's on the western side. So if you're going left to right, you've got British Columbia on the far west. The second one in is Alberta. So would it be fair to say it's the the lesser populated part of Canada? Actually, we're quite populated. Once you get more out to the far east where the islands are, um, they're a little bit less populated too. Um, Ontario is certainly the biggest population. That's what I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but uh, Calgary and Edmonton are two thriving cities uh, where um, Alberta is an oil and gas province. So right. we do have a lot of um, that sort of work there. Sure. And, uh, it is quite big. I, um, Calgary has just reached, I think, just over 1.1 million people. Okay. Okay. So you grew up, uh, went to school in Calgary, and then you started working there, and you were in banking and finance. Is that right? Yep. I had a, a background with banking. That's what I was doing um, just before I lost my eyesight. Mm-hmm. and. Um, it was something that I knew how to do, but I think in reality, it was not what I loved to do. Mm. So because I'm a type one diabetic, it was the stress of the job that over time elevated my blood pressure. And because of, uh, it had increased my blood sugar levels. That's what stress does and left sort of untested long-term the blood pressure can detach the retina sure. off the back of your eye. So that's what happened to me. I was mm. 25 when it happened and it changed my life completely because at that point I didn't know what I was going to be able to do. I wasn't even thinking of work or that or at anything. My life had just stopped and it was very sudden. Once you lost your sight, you were 25. How long, how much longer were you in Canada? I w- we were in Canada probably for another uh, 16 years, I think. Oh, yeah. okay. So quite a long period oh, of sorry, time. Oh, sorry, about another in- 11 years. Sorry. My math is off this morning. Yeah, 11 years. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so quite a long period of time living as yeah. a blind person in, in Canada. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you came to Australia uh, and you've been here now for 
roughly? Almost nine years. This November okay. will be nine years. So about equivalent periods. Um, sure. and, and that's to me what was interesting um, just to talk with you about comparisons. And I, sure. I know you had some um, involvement with the CNIB, the Canadian National Institute for the Blind in Canada, and you've had some involvement with our service providers uh, here in Australia. How yes. would you compare services for people who are blind or have low vision in the two countries? It's very similar um, all, all around in all aspects. Canada and Australia are very similar with livelihood, sense of humor, um, lifestyle, a lot of that were very similar. So CNIB and Vision Australia are also organizations that are quite similar. And I do know that the two CEOs do get along quite well. When I was moving over here, I was told to come to Vision Australia. So uh, you've heard the phrase like sister cities. I think it's very similar to that. So the formula of getting help uh, or, or support, sorry, in both places are very similar. The one thing I have noticed though is since the NDIS has kicked in and the, my biggest fear is that there is a gap when somebody newly loses their eyesight that there's a big gap in time before there's any support available to them. They have to wait. They've got to do the paperwork. Whereas I think when we moved here, Vision Australia, like CNIB, you could go in and get support right away. So it's not so much a factor of the organizations. It was just a, a factor of the environment. NDIS has been very generous with a lot of the packages. They've been incredible but I think that they've just missed that little gap in between, which does worry me as somebody who has a background in mm. this sort of area. Um, and Vision Australia hasn't hasn't filled it by saying, well, we'll provide you services while your NDIS package is coming through. Right. And I think that's also because the government has stopped their funding because that's what the idea of the NDIS is, is to give the money to the person. Hmm. But of course, you have to go through all that red tape and paperwork and all of that thing. And, and rightfully so. Sure. However, when someone is new to losing their eyesight, they can't really wait that much time. So that is my concern with that particular hmm. package. But as for... Um, the things that are offered through the two organizations, we have our, you know, our library services, we have O&M, we have OT, um, uh, IT, all these wonderful names and, and, and um, areas Initials, that can yeah. really support us. So it's been mm. fabulous that way, very similar. Let me just pick up, uh, up library services. Have you used library services much in the two countries? I used it in Canada. A lot of it was when I had first lost my eyesight. It was something I um, got some help with to learn how to do it, how to set it up. And it was even back in the day when things were on tape. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, right. so yep. it's going back a bit, but yep. it was a wonderful way to reconnect. And it was a moment when I realized I can still read a book. I just have a different way of doing it. Yes, yes. So it was really wonderful to have that opportunity and catch up on a lot of stuff. I hadn't had time to read before in my sighted life. So that was wonderful. Hmm. Since moving to Vision Australia, I'm quite aware of the library services. I happily promote them because I think it's a wonderful thing for people to stay uh, up to date with. However, because I'm a volunteer with a few organizations, I honestly don't have time. But it sure. is a service that I know runs really well. What about advocacy services such as Blind Citizens Australia, uh, Sarah? Are there similar organisations in Canada? 
There are a few, but I think because CNIB is quite big and quite a national organization, it goes right across. Um, when I was a volunteer there and also when I was on the board of directors um, and I was volunteering in other areas, especially with accessible and barrier-free design, I was able, because I was known to them, to go out and say, you know, I'm, I'm Sarah and I'm here with CNIB. So it's nice when you have a big name behind you um, that is quite recognizable. The mm -hmm. thing with Vision Australia is not completely national, but it's still a fairly big organization. And um, I think there are a few other little organizations out there, not little, but some, some other ones out there who are doing slightly different things to what Vision Australia is doing. Sure. I want to come back to um, accessibility and barrier-free design. And Absolutely. I'd be interested in your thoughts about where we are as societies in Canada and Australia, making a comparison on that particular uh, issue. Sure, um, because Canada being very close to the United States and I find United States um, and Canada are quite, um, what's the word, a little bit more encompassing of, of situations, especially people with disabilities. They're, they're generally uh, easier to get jobs in Canada. Um, I mean, there's still issues. I don't want to make it sound like it's absolutely perfect. It's not, mm. but there is more opportunity for acceptance, I think, in, in, in society, in Canada. Um, it's not as much, I don't want to say feared, but it's not as much unknown. So mm. what, the, one of the big thing I noticed when we moved here is uh, in Canada, I can walk around with a white cane was what I use. And when I come to Australia, a lot of kids and, and parents like look at me or they say, you know, what's that? What's that? And that was something new for me to get used to because that didn't happen in Canada. Not so often. So that showed me there that there were maybe not as much in the public eye as we should be. But as somebody who loves promoting awareness and talking about situations, I find this a really good opportunity to start doing that and encouraging the friends and uh, community groups I've been involved with to really get out there and be involved and be seen. So I think it's really kind of cool. And there's a lot of great people out here in Australia who are doing that. You are certainly a trailblazer who've done a lot of things for the blind and low vision community. And I noticed uh, your name right away when we moved here. And I really applaud everything you've done. It's been great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, um, but I think um, one thing I really liked is in Canada, they, there is, uh, even though they're guidelines, they're not mandatory, there are more um, understanding of why certain things need to be put into buildings. And that goes from wheelchair ramps to Braille. Um, there's a lot more, um, uh, there's a lot more opportunity to have that put in. Here in Australia, it might be a little bit behind, but I think as things come to light, that will soon change. However, when it came to the pedestrian queues, um, that was fantastic. I think that's well ahead of where I was in Calgary. The traffic we have the little me. beat to find, just to mm. find the pole. So I was so excited when we had that. It's interesting that you say that um, the building standards are guidelines in Canada because they're mandatory here. But you're, what you're saying that your observation is that uh, they're, they're less in place in Australia than, uh, uh, than they are in Canada. I think um, 
in Canada, there's, there's a minimum of what is mandatory. A lot of the times the blind community does miss out a little bit on that. So they're making some changes. Now, I hope it's moved forward since the nine years I've been there. Um, but I, I do find here, um, certainly all the braille on the buttons and on the planes, um, the beeping lights, just finding them, the indicators to find. Yeah. Um, yep. The hazard strips, I call them hazard strips. I know it's a different name here. Um, we use them in, you know, in Canada as here as well. So there's quite a sure. few things here. And what's mm. so nice is because we don't have snow, um, <laughs> it's easy to find the hazard strips. Right. And yes, um, I, I we don't have the that. snow here to have to deal with for six months of the year. So are there any other similarities or differences between Australia uh, or Canada for people who are blind or have low vision that you think listeners to New Horizons would be interested in? Well, I think this comment will go for all people um, uh, and anybody. My father is Canadian and he always said Canada and Australia are very similar. One is cold, but one is hot. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that really sums it up. But in both Canada and Australia, I feel quite safe to travel. I find um, everybody in either country has been really lovely. There is some great support. Um, it's, it's not a disability that um, isn't uh, recognized or isn't misunderstood. So I think mm. when you travel, people are pretty good. They, they so so the, the comparison you would make following the, the cold and hot is that Canada's got the snow and Australia's got the Vegemite. Yeah, absolutely, which I do eat. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, thanks very much for your time today. And thank you for yours. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. Graham Innes there speaking with Sarah Bolton. And Graham, thanks very much for your hard work on preparing this program. If you'd like to contact Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1-800-033-660, or you can email bca at bca.org.au, bca at bca.org.au. If you have any story ideas or things that uh, you'd like to hear on New Horizons, feel free to get in touch. New.horizons at bca.org.au is the address. New.horizons at bca.org.au. I look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream Of our dream